the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Buckle up and settle in for a full hour of automotive mayhem with the real car guy, master technician, Mark Salem, where the only two things we can't fix is a broken heart and the crack of dawn. To talk to Mark, call 602-508-0960. That's 602-508-0960. Now, once again, here's Mark. Well, good morning, everybody. Four minutes after the hour of 10 o'clock, and if you'd like to join us, this is a car show for the next two hours. What we do is, is you're welcome to call in, 602-508-0960, 602-508-0960, and when you call in, you tell us your make and model of the car, and then we talk about symptoms. That's kind of important, is symptoms. Um, it's difficult for us to comment about guys on the internet or, you know, <clears throat> the guys that do podcasts and stuff like that. We... We have the opportunity to talk to you, and so we can ask you, does it make any difference when it's hot and cold and stuff like that? Sitting next to me flying wing for me today is Tom O'Kane from Action Auto, I-17 in Deer Valley. Um, I've told you before where somebody took me out snowmobiling in Wisconsin. Was it Wisconsin? That's what it was. Yeah, and um, they left me on a lake. And um, I, I lost them. They were doing like 150 miles an hour. Wasn't that it? Well, the slow guy uh, pretty much stays behind. <laughs> and, and it would have been okay had I could pick your taillights out. I think you should put a blue taillight in the back of your sleds. Well, so we have a cell phone. You have a cell phone? Yeah, so you can call when you, when you need us. <laughs> how are you going to find me? if I, there's, there's how many sleds are on the lake? Oh, they're, they're all over the place. Yeah. How are you going to find me? You'll be, if, you'll be in the corner crying. <laughs> oh, that was, it wasn't cold. That The cold didn't bother me. No. Um, I think it was, is you, you ride for a long time, and then you go to a bar, and then you see all your friends, and you... Sit by uh, the fire. And you sit by the fire, and, and, and you have to take all your stuff off, and then you go outside, you have to get dressed again. Yeah. <laughs> and yep. then you just go to the next place. The, so The technology and uh, apparel has come a long way. So yeah. Instead of taking thirty minutes, it only takes fifteen. Oh, <laughs> to get dressed. I never got wet. That no. that was nice. I never got wet. My hands never got cold. There was a couple of times I knew that I hadn't pulled my mask down over my neck, but uh, there wasn't really an opportunity for me to fix that. Yeah, well, you learn. Yeah, yeah, you bet I learned. Six zero two five zero eight zero nine sixty. Six zero two five zero eight zero nine sixty. Our industry is just like everybody else's. You see them closed up all around us. Yeah, it's slowing down. It's slowing down. But I mean, even some of our vendors, some of the car dealers, some of the chain stores. There's a lot of people in the auto repair industry that are just cutting back. Yep, changing their hours, limiting. Yep. Yep. And yep, we're seeing that. Tell me what you guys did. We're going as as normal. Okay. All right. You know, certainly we keep things as just as clean as it always has been, but uh, we're a little bit more conscientious on that. Yeah. Uh, we haven't changed. Okay. We're still there. We're still working. The guys are relatively happy, but we're still going. Yeah. We went from um, 6 to 5, and then on Fridays we went to 4 o'clock. We're off on Saturdays and Sundays anyway. Um, we're, not, we're not taking appointments. We're just going 
come walk in. It's okay. We'll we'll take you on a walk in. We're either taking them home in our shuttle bus or we're calling Uber and have them take them home. Um, we've only got two instead of seating ten in our lobby. We only have three, two or three chairs. Yeah. So we're trying to move like you guys do. We got a lot of gloves, but face masks are hard to find. And we've got enough to- toilet paper <laughs> to last us for a while. <laughs> yeah, well, we did the same thing with the hand sanitizer. We bought that, you know, five months ago, and thank God it's working good for us now. Yeah, and the reason I asked you about hand sanitizer a little while ago is because Andy set two bottles on my desk, and she said if Tom needs any hand sanitizers, then these are like 11 bucks. And oh. and so I'm glad so you had some. You're always selling, aren't you? I, you know what? I asked her, I said, how much do these cost? And she goes, 20 bucks a piece. And I said, so why are you selling it for 11 She says, because we're all partners in this. And I said, okay, we don't sell any cars at half price. <laughs> there you go. So, yeah, masks, we, it's hard to find masks. I was in Home Depot the other day. The place is packed. They're not, they're not controlling. But that's okay with me. Well, Every, people are bored. They have to get out of the house. Yeah, yeah. Yep. A Walmart up in Payson, you know, they have senior days one, one morning at a time. And they've hired all kinds of new people because they have trucks in there virtually two or three times a day. But it's all gone. It's all gone. And I don't understand the toilet paper thing, but it doesn't really make any difference. Yeah, it is what it is. Yeah. 602-508-0960. 602-508-0960. Had any cars just eat your lunch lately? Actually, no. Things are going very well. You know, we had another one of those Chevys with the lifter issues this past week. and mm-hmm. I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing, but... Is that the lifter camshaft? Correct. Yeah. The, yeah, the cylinder cancel. Yeah. yeah. We've seen a lot of those, and there's no fix for it. Nobody. Oh, there is a fix. It's whether or not it works. Yeah, it, but uh, it's take the engine apart, put the new components in, and tell them to change your oil a little more often. Yeah. I think um, I think the hard part is sliding the cam out the front because everything from in front of it has to come off. Well, the cylinder heads come off. Okay, so you guys are doing the cylinder, so you can do the lifters. Yeah. So that must be a the GM six liter or five? six two or something. Six yeah. two. Yeah. Okay. It's it's uh, folks. What we're talking about is the camshaft has lobes on it, and the lobes push on the lifter, and the lifter pushes on the push rod, and that rocks the valve open and closed. So what's happening is is the lifter and the camshaft don't like one another. So we're just wearing the camshaft down to where there's no bump on it, and that creates a cylinder misfire, and then we end up with a cylinder code. But really and truly, when those cars come in, we don't need to put a scanner on them. Well, these are the cylinder-canceling okay. Chevys, the 8468, if you remember the old 1979 uh-huh. Cadillac you know, Yeah, system. Eldorados and stuff. Yeah, well, now they got the new system, which they control the, the lifters through oil pressure. Mm-hmm. And by controlling the oil to the lifters, they can collapse that lifter and stop the valve from working, which stops the cylinder from working, which saves you fuel economy driving down the road. It, it, and the other side of it is how much does it cost to fix that engine? Yeah. So you lost all your fuel savings <laughs> after the first time you had to fix your engine. And that's that's true. That's true. But can't we we kind of kind of know when they come in. Just by driving them and stuff, getting them up, getting the load off of them, getting up of 45, 50 miles an hour, that miss is still there no matter what. We can't get it in to go into, even downhill. Right. Well. We're having a tough time with that. But you hear them because they're clacking away because uh, you know, the lifters are collapsed. There's a noise. There's a noise clack, associated. Clack, clack. Yeah. But there's a lot of pattern failures. You can talk about Fords and Chryslers and all kinds of cars. And it's always been we like to talk about the Fords. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's Maybe. true. Yep. And now we got a Chevy. Yeah. It oh. hurts. Well, I mean, there's lots of them out there. There's the little four cylinders that are really fuel economy. You can't afford to overheat those. We're doing heads on a lot of those. Yep. And even in the in this time of the year, we're seeing overheats. I mean, crispy overheats. This is, folks, it's not a good idea to have the needle in the red and you think that another two miles to home is okay. The tow bill is going to be cheap compared to what the engine repair is going to be. So it's it's the best thing to do is, is I think three-quarters, seven-eighths, as long as the needle's not in the red, I think I'm okay. But if the needle's buried to the red and there's steam coming out from underneath the hood and stuff like yes. that, usually you're in trouble. Yeah, it's a little too late at that point. Yeah. Okay, we got a caller. Who might that be, Gil? That would be Fred. Fred, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Speaking of oil. Yeah. Hey, I've got I've got a uh, nice uh, 2019 GMC pickup, and they're telling me I need another oil change at 11,500 miles. But the the ash says I got 22 percent left on it. What do I do? Who do I believe? I would believe changing the oil before 11,000 miles. There's no. Another... It's, it, it, it'll be the second change. All right, so that's 6,000 almost. Right. I think you should be changing the oil at 5,000 to be safe. Okay. I mean, you're using synthetic oil. It's a 020. Yeah. Yeah. Use a good quality, known component, product, and you'll be there. So their readout on the dash when it says 22%, they're lying. They want me to get a new engine real quick, right? Well, you know, let me talk about BMW. If you remember, BMWs used to run their oil changes at every 20,000 miles. Mm -hmm. And that was an advertising thing that they would do and tell people, come buy a BMW, you don't have to change the oil for 20,000 miles. They cost so little to maintain. And then when the car's out of warranty, you need to buy an engine (laughs) because you're not changing the oil enough. Oil, I'll do it. Okay, there's two sides to that story, though. There's only four companies that make oil. Okay, Chevron, yeah. Mobile, um, and I always mess it up, uh, Exxon, and... Uh, the, the base stocks. Uh-uh. Amsoil. No. No. I just came back from, from a class. There's only four... They make oil. It's in different cans. There's no such thing as a Motorcraft oil. There's no such thing as an Amsoil. It all comes from one of these four refiners. Nevertheless, nevertheless... The zero twenty is a superior oil to anything that we've ever seen, and it's. Remember when Mobile One came out and they said twenty five thousand miles? Well, that trashed a bunch of motors. We weren't ready for that. And they're coming back with those extended. Right. There's a lot of cars out there right now with eighteen to twenty thousand miles because the synthetic will go that long. It has lubricity. It has all the wear. It has all the shear. It has all those additives, and they are going that long. But the exception is is the short term drivers. They don't ever heat up the oil. They don't get the water out of the oil. Nobody takes it on the freeway. They just drive from their house to your house and back. Those are the big deals. But conventional oil is three to five thousand. They've moved that up because that was three thousand. Then semi synthetic, depending on the blend, is between three to five, five to seventy five hundred. And you can look at some of the new cars, the bends in some of those cars. They're at fifteen to twenty thousand miles. The problem with that is twenty thousand miles on most cars is more than a year. Right. And so they've gone through four seasons, and you don't know if we got all the... Condensation. Water. Exactly. Right. And 
now we've got cars that are running 220, and people are a little worried. They want us to put the 180 thermostat in there. But the problem is is that we need the oil to get up 212 to get the moisture out. So if so, we've got people. All right, here, ladies in Ahwatukee, they drive 3,000 miles a year. I'm putting conventional oil in their car. They write 7,500 miles or a little less. I'm putting semi-synthetic. Then I got some salesmen out there that are doing 15 or 20, and it's not an oil burner or an oil leaker. I got them in synthetic. And so it's really matching the car to the oil. But this class, they talked about oxidation. They talked about pour point. They talked about um, its ability to, when it burns up and when it turns to a solid, and they talked about everything else. There is just no such thing as a Valvoline well that, that, that they make oil. They don't. They don't. Well, it all comes out of the ground. Oh, no, no, you're right. But, oh. but they don't, they, come, bringing it out of the ground is one, step of one of ten. So they take it all the way to ten, but it's purchased in oils with no, in barrels with no, no nothing. And so at that particular point, they can sell it to anybody they want. There's a lot of guys right now, because of oil pricing, that they've got motorcraft tanks, but that's not one in them. But now, doesn't a, let, let's just use the motorcraft situation. Do they not go in and add their own additive, similar to what a, a, a fuel supplier like Shell or Mobile, they throw their additive in with the fuel before they sell it? Fuel's different. I'm going to go with I understand. You. I'm going to go with you on the fuel. But, but I think that with the oil, it's the same situation. No. You know, a Mobile One is not the same oil as a as a Master Tech oil brand that you would buy at the bargain. It's exactly the same, and here's why. If anybody puts additive in it, they knock it out of spec. So you, that's why you can't add anything to the newer models is because you're going to throw it out of spec. And once it's out of spec, then it's not going to do what it's supposed to do. And you've got lifters and all these pistons and all that other stuff. It's the same thing. Chevron's oil is Chevron. That's one of the places that build it. But they use the example of Motorcraft and a lot of the others. The Amsoil is just a remake of a synthetic oil. And here's the problem. They have the ability to test it. And so if they look at it and they go, okay, here's the point point, here's the oxidation point, here's the lubricity, oh, yeah, well, that's so-and-so. So the guys that make it know where it came from. But there's just, we have 21 brands of oil at the local O'Reilly store and AutoZone and stuff like that. There's not that many wells, and there's not that many refineries. So even in Europe, they have two or three that just do that. 602-508-0960, 602-508-0960. We'll be right back. Phoenix Body Works is a family-owned and operated collision repair facility that opened in 1982. That's over 35 years ago, helping family and friends with their collision repair needs with unparalleled honesty, integrity, and quality. We have grown into the finest collision repair facility in the Valley of the Sun. We are located on 19th Avenue, one half block north of Deer Valley Road. We're open Monday through Friday, 7.30 a.m. to 5 p.m. and on Saturdays from 9 a.m. to 12 noon for estimates. Give us a call at 623-582-1434 or visit our website at www.phxbodyworks.com, view our YouTube video, or read our Yelp reviews. Remember, it's your vehicle, and you decide who repairs your vehicle, not the insurance company. We work with all insurance companies on your behalf and eliminate the stress of dealing with the repairs. We are not beholden to the insurance company. At Phoenix Body Works, we work for you. 
Take the Patriot with you wherever you go. The 960 The Patriot mobile app. Your Alexa, TuneIn, iHeart, and Radio.com. It's your voice of reason 24-7. This is attorney William J. Wolf, host of Middle East Radio Forum, heard every Sunday at noon here on 960 The Patriot. This Sunday, David Bedeen, Jerusalem investigative reporter, presents new documentation as the Palestine Liberation Organization spread the word the Jews caused COVID-19. That's Middle East Radio Forum, Sunday at noon on 960 The Patriot. Adopt U.S. Kids presents Multiple Choice Parenting. Your daughter just got invited to the prom. Do you A, meet her date? I need to see your past date report cards, your driver's license, a list of references, and this hair sample. B, help her pick out a dress. <gasps> Don't you just love the long sleeves and turtleneck on this pantsuit? Ugh. C, attend the prom undercover. Mom, what are you doing here? I'm not mom, I'm <clears throat> Calvin, the new kid at school. Or D, capture her big moment. Uh, let's take a photo of you two. I'm in the middle. When it comes to parenting, there are no perfect answers. But that's okay, because you don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. Teens in foster care will love you just the same. For more information on how you can adopt, visit AdoptUSKids.org. A public service announcement from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Adopt US Kids, and the Ad Council. So, you know, I'm a dog, and I'm kind of new to this family, but I've noticed a trend. My humans do this thing where they go around and get all my toys and hide them in this basket. But it's always the same basket, and it's always the same place. And then they act so surprised when I find them. But I'm like, hello, that's where you put it last time. Humans are the worst at hide-and-go-seek. A person is the best thing to happen to a shelter pet. Be that person. Adopt. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the shelterpetproject.org. Welcome back, everybody. 21 minutes after the hour of 10 o'clock. Thompson's Auto Repair is in Mesa. It's the only shop in Mesa that I can really recommend. There's good shops in Mesa, but we have a pretty tight filter. And it has a lot to do with how long you've been in business and whether the owner's on site and what your your, you know, your ratings are, what your better business re- record is and stuff like that. So if you're in Mesa, Thompson's is, is on Main Street just east of Stapley. And, and Thompson's, Thelma and... I always forget his doggone name. Brian. Brian. Brian and Thelma, they're married, but both of them come from gas station people that go back to the late 60s. So it's been a family that's been for doing repairs and selling gas for a very long time. So that's Thompson's Auto Repair and Towing. Fred had a question that we stumbled and we kicked him off. So, Fred, we're ready. Okay. I'm on kick. Thank you. So you said oil. I didn't give all the particulars. GMC Canyon... I uh, bought it in July of last year, 11,500 miles roughly, and I, on occasion, pulled my 3,000-pound um, RV trailer. So uh, what kind, and if you can tell me on or off air, but where do I go? I'm about a mile away from the MIM. Uh, I, I, let's pretend you're my dad or my brother. I wouldn't care. How about your son? <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. It, it's you go anywhere. Look at the, every one of them has an API sticker on it. It doesn't really make make a difference of the brand. We we poured Valvoline for thirty years, 
and then we just recently in the last three years um, switched to Chevron. It has everything to do with bulk sales. I've got six six or six two hundred gallon tanks, and I can buy it a little cheaper than the guy that buys it in quarts. So I, I wouldn't care. When you pull your trailer, you read a you reach a heat range in that engine that you don't otherwise hit, and too much heat is bad. But when you boil all the water out of the the motor oil, um, that's the best thing. So I haul horse trailers, and the fifteen forty and the diesel is a blended oil, but the five forty is a synthetic, and I'm going ten thousand miles on my oil change, and I haul horses and tractors all the time. So okay. I don't, okay. I don't think then you have any then problems. I'm confused because the dealer says six thousand, and you said it was closer to that. And like I said, down the engine uh, readout on the the dash, it says uh, what twenty two percent left. Okay. Obviously, it's it Okay, we're going to change the subject. And 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 sure. so that your question to me is: Is do you care about the readout, Mark? And I I'm going to tell you, I could care less about the readout. Fine. Okay, uh, the they readout, want to sell me a new truck. Yeah, well, and then there are a lot of shops in the valley that will look. It's a matter of business here. We're all down in business. We used to have a shot at you every three thousand miles. You bring it in, and we got to rotate your tires and your coolant system flush and service your battery and rotate. Uh, check. We don't do that anymore. We've lost a lot of business now that everybody's moved to six, ten, and fifteen thousand mile oil changes. So, it, so it's really kind of self-serving for somebody to tell you with a zero twenty written on the oil cap to bring it in every six thousand miles. Okay, if I caught my staff doing that, we'd be one less person. So, okay. All righty. Okay. All righty. Good enough. Tell all right, thank you, Fred. To tell me. Tell me what your address is. Well, just tell me where you live, and I'll send you to a really good shop. Okay, uh, about a mile south of the MEM, Musical Instrument Museum, 101 in Tatum. Oh, that'd be Tom Blackwell. Yeah, Blackwell, 40th Street in Glendale, or 40th Street in gotcha. Greenway. 40th Street in Greenway, okay. Blackwell Automotive. And telling Mark Salem said he wouldn't know which end of the car the exhaust comes out, and he'll know that uh, I sent you. But there's no discount associated with that, but at least he'll know that I sent you. Okay? Well, may I- Okay, thank you, Chris. Or thank you, Fred. Let's go to Chris. Chris, good morning. Hey guys, how's it going? I got a three-part problem trying to get one answer. All right. uh, when it's hot and I park my car in the sun, the driver's side door doesn't open automatically. I have to use the key. Now I'm having trouble with my rear hatch. It won't open. It's a manual, not an automatic. It is a manual, so I have to climb in and flip the little switch inside to open the door. No big deal, but I'm 60 years old. Uh, my friend tracked it down, and he says it's the passenger side door lock because a lot of stuff runs from the battery through the passenger side door lock <clears throat> to the hatch. Should I throw a switch in there for 50 bucks? Well, or, first of all, it, somebody should test it. Yes, and when he they did. Tested, he was only getting and, 10 volts at the hatch. How, how about amperage? What was he getting on the amperage? Uh, 10, 10. 10 amps? 10, 10 volts? 10 out of 12, yeah. Well, yeah, if it's yeah. 10 amps, then... You're blowing fuses. Yeah. Oh, okay, I'm sorry. It's 10 volts, he said. I don't know what the amperage is. Well, okay. see, but that's what you have to be testing. Gotcha. We've ran across this with a Chevy truck years ago, and I'm talking 
over 20, well, over 15 years ago. And the actuators get bad, and it would sit in the sunlight, and it would heat up, and then when you go hit hit it, it would draw an excessive amount of amperage, which would not allow the rest of the system to function. Gotcha. But you, the you, correct thing to do is to have somebody run some tests. Get the amperage. Okay. And yeah. We don't guess. You know, we just don't throw parts in it just for fun. Right. It's it, well, having having ten volts to a circuit when the battery is supposed to be at least twelve, and when it's running, it's thirteen four, thirteen six. I'm a little uncomfortable with the the idea that there's ten volts in, in a circuit. Because if you had 10 volts, then I would expect you to say, I have to jump my car every once in a while or pretty often. That's, no, that voltage is unacceptable. So the bottom mm-hmm. line is is that I agree with Tom. You can guess, and if, it's, if you can get it, I don't know, are you getting a door switch or a door activator for $50? Oh, no, no, no. That would be the rear hatch lock. They're like 42 bucks for the same okay. one on Amazon. Actuators are 200 bucks for the pet. Passenger and okay. 180 for a driver's side. If you want to guess, it's it's no problem. The idea is is um, there's there's guys out there that are going to tell you what's wrong with your car. The problem is is Tom and I are unable to tell you what's wrong with your car, and together we gotcha. have more than 50, 60 years of experience. So okay. if you could come to us and say this activator draws 30 amps and this activator draws 10, that tells us something. So that's Got kind you. of the need with stuff. Okay, thank you, thank you. And and please, Corky and Hector and Tom, please stay there because when we come back, we're going to take you. I've got Tom from Action Auto at I-17 in Deer Valley, the northwest corner. Him and I have been friends since 1983. Back oh. then, he was selling those big box scopes that everybody said, will you put my car on the scope? Yeah, all the light bulbs. and all the. <laughs> so there was two kinds of scope, an Allen and a Bear. And he was selling the Allen, and I was looking for one. And if I remember correctly, they is, they, I paid as much for that as I did my first house. They were twenty thousand yep. yep. dollars. Twenty-five, yeah. Twenty, twenty-five, because I think we paid thirty-three. So when you look at the big picture, we don't have those no more. <laughs> but I just threw my last one away. Right. So anyway, Corky, Hector, and Tom, you stay right there. We promise we're going to get right back to you. This is KKNT nine sixty. Did you know Raintree Auto Repair is ranked number one in the entire United States by Mercedes-Benz for their repairs? Andy Val, the dad, and his sons, Tom and Paul, operate Raintree Auto Body in North Scottsdale. They've been around since 1972. Sure, they fix Kias and Hondas and Chevys and Fords, but they are rated the best for their ability to correctly repair the Mercedes-Benz. Remember, Raintree Auto Repair is ranked number one in the entire United States by Mercedes-Benz for their repairs. They have a machine called the Select Bench. It's the same jig they assemble your car on. Raintree can put your car back to its pre-loss condition with 100% accuracy. Raintree Auto Repair is a BBB member with a plus rating. Raintree Auto Repair provides free estimates and they'll give you a lifetime warranty on all paint and bodywork. They use the best glasserite paint and it's waterborne paint so it has no environmental effect. For more information, stop by RaintreeAutoBodyInc.com. Hi, I'm Jay Farner, CEO of Quicken Loans and Rocket Mortgage. During the challenging times we're all experiencing, our top priority is the health and safety of the communities we serve. And while it's true that things are changing rapidly every day, one thing that'll never change is our commitment to giving you the best mortgage experience. At Rocket Mortgage, our guiding philosophy of every client, every time, no exceptions, no excuses, exists for times like right now. 
We understand that hardships may arise, and we're prepared to help. If you currently work with us and need assistance with your mortgage, contact us 24-7 at rocketmortgage.com. As we all think about ways to save money, let me remind you that mortgage rates are near historic lows. If you think right now is the right time to refinance your mortgage, our home loan experts are available to help you 24 hours a day, 7 days a week at rocketmortgage.com. Call for cost information and conditions. Equal housing lender. Licensed in all 50 states. NMLSconsumeraccess.org. Number 3030. Music is a bridge between the material and the spiritual. My name is Harvey Lauer, and I'm 82. As a blind person, you have to be aware that nobody can tell you what you can or can't do. You really have to try things. My folks got me a little radio in 1940, and that was the best Christmas present I ever got. When I was 11 years old is when I started to... uh, play music, play the piano, and then the accordion, and then the cello. My wife, who was also blind, was a good cook. When she died, that's when I started Meals on Wheels. America, let's do lunch. One in six seniors faces the threat of hunger, and millions more live in isolation. Drop off a hot meal and say a quick hello. Volunteer for Meals on Wheels by donating your lunch break at americaletsdolunch.org. This message brought to you by Meals on Wheels America and the Ad Council. Welcome back to The Dog Show. Up next, we have Satchmo. Satchmo is a member of the Shelter Pet Group. That's right, a group known especially for their couch-snuggling, ball-chasing, face-licking, tail-wagging, backyard-hanging, and, of course, companionship. And what breed would you say Satchmo is? I'd have to go with maybe a lavish terrier-hound-chihuahua-looking kind of mix. Tremendous dog. Mm, I'd also like to point out Satchmo's coloring, a white, gray, brown, black brindle, simply marvelous. You know, it's such a treat to watch a dog like this. Now, let's see him in action. Look how he makes eye contact with his person. That's actually known as the treat stare. How intuitive. And now he appears to be excitedly turning in circles. Ah, the happy dance, so common with this group. And finally, the loving face lick. It's great how he just gets in there and, well, licks. Fantastic. But really, the best way to know an amazing shelter pet like Satchmo is to meet one. Visit theshelterpetproject.org today. Adopt. Brought to you by Maddie's Fund, the Humane Society of the United States, and the Ad Council. All about that demon, all the mobile, the Welcome back, everybody. 34 minutes after the hour o'clock. After the hour of 10 o'clock, sitting next to me is Tom from Action Auto, Deer Valley, and I-17, Northwest Corner. My name's Mark Salem, and we're going to go pick up the callers like we said. Corky, good morning. How can we help you? Good morning. Uh, good show you guys got. Love it. Here's Thank my you. problem. I have a 1998 Jeep Wrangler 4-liter 5-speed, um, and I've had a, I've called you before on this, but it's been a long time ago. Basically, what's happening is on the freeway, I'm driving 55 or 60, whether the fuel tank's quarter tank or three-quarters tank. At some point in time, it starts to break down, and, I, and it just, just sputters and spits, and I pull it off to the side and just sit there for a little while. And uh, I can go ahead then and put it in gear and get off the highway. Okay. And go ahead, take it there, Tom. It sounds like something's heating up. And it's fuel starvation. Clearly, it's a fuel starvation. Well, problem. I think that needs to be tested. Uh, yeah. On the other side of it, it could also be ignition. Okay. You know, on those four liters, you know, you see, we see a lot of things, and you know, we always have what's called pattern failures. You know, on that four-liter Jeep that has an ignition coil, it hangs down there on the side of the engine, and certainly we've tested those, and those had failed at times, and 
there's a crankshaft position sensor that sits off the back on the engine and that's another item that needs to be tested and typically we put them on an oscilloscope and make sure they're hot when we do it. Now is it 55 and 60 it has this problem what about at 35 and 40? Nope no problem at all. So it does sound like it's fuel. Yeah and and I I don't know how many Fords we've bypassed the fuel or the fuel re- pump relay. Uh, I, they burn up in the in the fuse panel. You can see them, and we j- they have a kit to remote it now. So it, I don't know where it picks up its power. It could be from an oil pressure switch. I'm just guessing some of the cars have that. There could be a relay, and you said it didn't make any difference where the fuel level is. So that might suggest that it's not the pump because if it's full of fuel, then the, it's lubricated and cooled by the fuel. We get lots mm-hmm. of college students that run off the bottom eighth of their tanks, and we do lots of fuel pump because the fuel pump's out there uh, in the Burn sun. Yeah. So in, in your case, there's a fuel pressure regulator on the Wrangler. Yes. We could pull the vacuum line on the fuel pressure regulator and plug it, and then we're going to jack the pressure up a lot, and then the question is, is how does it do at 45 to 50 to 60 after that? That's part of the testing. Then we can also put a banjo fitting on it or a Schrader fitting, and we can drive down the road, and we're looking at fuel pressure. So if you say that we're going to take it 55 to 60 miles an hour, then we're going to we're going to take it in the afternoon when it's warmer, and we're just going to put a tech in there, and we're going to uh, tape the fuel yeah, pressure what, regulator. Yeah, what you're trying to do is we're trying to isolate between the fuel system and the ignition system. And I'm saying on that particular 4-liter Jeep, it can be in either one of those. But okay. doesn't most of the time when you have an ignition failure, it doesn't restart for a while? Is no, no. If I uh, if I start the Jeep in the morning, it cranks maybe a second and a half and is running. If I drive it down the road, uh, five miles, park it, come back out, it's going to crank five to six seconds before it starts. Okay. We'll try this. <clears throat> Cycle the key on, count to five, turn it off. Cycle the key when when you have the problem. Cycle the key right. on, turn it off. And, and sometimes that will prime the pump. And then if you say, oh, it's better. But I want to tell you something. If it were mine and it cranks over three seconds or two seconds versus four seconds, I'm I'm not going to spend a lot of money. But the, it runs out of fuel, or when it runs bad and runs out of power at 55 to 60, then yeah, I'm going to chase that. But I'm not going to use the it a couple of seconds difference from one crank to the other because I think you're going to spin no. your wheels. I think we go in for the other one and it'll probably fix the first one. That, right. What's I looked the diagnostic? Up, what's the I, diagnostic? I looked up on the. Go ahead. I, I looked up, you know, <clears throat> a fuel pressure regulator, uh, you know, on YouTube, and it shows it. It shows it, but they're not always. They're not. They don't always have them on the on top of the fuel fuel bank. They said it's part of the pump or something. I mine. I couldn't find one. Well, on that, that was a night. What year was it? Ninety eight. You said. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I think that's going to be up on the fuel rail under the hood. You can certainly pull What's the a, vacuum. You can pull the vacuum yeah. hose off of that and put a vacuum T in that uh, hose, which eliminates the vacuum from lowering the pressure. You, you can also look inside the fuel, or the vacuum line and see if it's wet with gas. That's a good, yep. good solid indicator. You can also get yourself a can of carburetor spray, and when the problem occurs, put give it a little extra fuel and see if it's gone. 
You can do that by yeah. running the three-foot piece of uh, windshield wiper hose tee into one of the vacuum lines, and you're going down the road, and you get a can of carb spray, and all of a sudden you start just spraying it down the tube, and there's a significant difference in how it runs or how it doesn't run. But those are the testings that we do. We do a fuel pressure a fuel pressure test. Yeah, right. We check the regulator out. Check the delivery. And yep. check the delivery, and then probably just go drive it and watch the fuel pressure. That would be the most. That's the first thing we'd probably do. Well, good luck, Corky. That's a 98. Right. It's yeah. the old school. It's the old school. It doesn't have any. It's not an electronic fuel pressure regulator or anything like that. Hector, right. how are you? What can we do for you? Morning. Um, I have a, an 01 Nissan Sentra. I was driving down the road. Um, I almost got to a light, and then the car just died. I tried to restart it, but nothing happened like the battery was dead. I pushed it over the side, popped the hood. Um, I saw that the negative cable was almost completely off. I put it back on, tried to start the car. It it would start, but once it idles, it just dies. So I got it home, changed the spark plug, PCB valve, took off the throttle body, um, cleaned that out, changed the TPS and the idle control valve, and cleaned the mass, mass, mass full flow air sensor, and put it all back together. Same thing. I could get it to like 2,000 RPM to keep it there, but once I let it idle, it dies. So then I... But still no check engine light whatsoever, but I forgave Okay, 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 okay. You have spent three times as much money as somebody would have charged you in guessing. Mass airflow? We're talking idle air control motor? We're talking all of this stuff that... Yeah. uh, Gosh, darn. And the answer is, is we can't fix your problem for you. Um, because well, we're... No, wait a minute. No. Okay. There's only got to be one or two pieces left. <laughs> <laughs> My wife said that, too. Uh, hey, did you replace the EGR valve? Um, the EGR valve? No, um, I did not change the EGR okay. valve. <laughs> well, let me explain something to you. Your center wasn't born yesterday. And uh, the EGR valve is supposed to open when you start throttling up, and it's supposed to close when you come to an idle. And if it doesn't close when you come to an idle, then it's going to have a really rough idle and probably going to die because we got this mixture that's all of a sudden a hell of a lot more air than fuel. So what guys like we do is is you come in, and we put a golf tee in the, in the vacuum line of the EGR, and we tell you to go drive it for a couple of days, and you come back and say, yeah, everything's fine now. We pop the EGR valve, try to clean it sometimes, but if not, we'll replace it. But really and truly, you have spent so much money. And and frankly, this kind of a repair or testing, what we don't want is we don't want Hector to say, oh, I already got that. I already got that. I already got that. So a lot of times, not at my shop or Tom's shop, but a lot of times you go in and tell the shop what you just told me, and the diagnostic fee goes crazy because there's going to be kind of this second guessing going on. So in your case, if this is what you say. I can show you how to make it happen, uh, and I want to do that right now, please, and tell me what your diagnostic fee, and then call me with the repair, and you got to promise that your repair is going to fix my ir- intermittent dying installing problem at idle. That's what you do. And then you want your old part back because if Salem doesn't fix your car, then you come back and say, Mr. Salem, please put this part back on. <laughs> Give me my, put my old one back on because there it is. And we need to start over, but uh, let me know about the diagnostic charge. Well, if I blew it on the front side, I'm going to go back and figure out what it is. So anyway, hey, Tom, stay right there because we'll be back right after this.
Mark Levin believes not everything falls on the president. And here's the president of the United States. He's supposed to know hospitals need masks. When it is fundamentally the responsibility of the hospitals, of the towns, and of the state to make sure they have masks. Not the president of the United States. They're worried about the national stockpile. Where were the national stockpile, the N95 masks? What happened to that? Obama depleted it, and he never replaced it. Mark Levin, weeknights at 9 on Intelligent Talk 960. The Patriot. Take the Patriot with you wherever you go. The 960 The Patriot mobile app. Your Alexa, TuneIn, iHeart, and Radio.com. It's your voice of reason 24-7. Need a break from the sound bites and the talking heads? Do you want information you can actually use? Information that'll change your life for the better? Then listen to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Dell will show you how to retire in two to five years. Your age doesn't matter. Turn off the pundits and turn on the passive income. Tune in to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Listen every Saturday at 12 o'clock noon, right here on AM 960, The Patriot. I started my adventure as an aerospace medical technician. Flight medic in the Air Force Reserve. Satellite system operator. As a space systems operator. And I'm a pilot for the Air Force Thunderbirds demonstration. We team. deliver the world's timeliest environmental intelligence data. Flying to Afghanistan, bringing wounded warriors back to Germany. We take care of injured personnel on a daily basis. And then flying them from Germany back to the States. As a member of the Thunderbirds, I get to be a part of a team that passes on the message of the United States Air Force Reserve to the U.S. and the world. It's a very exciting career. One of the greatest things about the Air Force Reserve is all the different opportunities. The training in the Air Force Reserve is second to none. It gave me the opportunity to go to college. The Air Force Reserve actually paid for my education, which allowed me to commission. That was definitely a bonus. Probably the most exciting thing I've done is support humanitarian relief operations in places like Haiti. The Reserve gave me the opportunity to learn something totally different from what I did. Being able to travel. I enjoy the getaways that I get, and I enjoy the camaraderie and fellowship I share with all my unit mates. We're really close-knit. We're unique. And the Air Force Reserve gave me all those opportunities, and then even more. Start your adventure in the Air Force Reserve. Forty-five minutes after the hour of ten o'clock, Tom's sitting here with me. He's from Action Auto. He's the guy that signs the front of the check as opposed to the back of the check. <laughs> Hold on, I don't know why I don't have you up. Try it again. Am I here? No, you're not. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, that's okay. Oh, there you are. All right, now you are. I don't know. He kicked me in the face. I'm going. <laughs> table. Anyway, 45 minutes after the hour, Tom is Action Auto, I-17 in Deer Valley, the northwest corner, and I can tell you, I've told a lot of people to go to him, and he's never let me down. Tom, good morning. How can I help you? Yes. Yeah, I had two questions, if I may. Number one, uh, 2017 Honda Accord, 110,000 miles, not overheating or anything. I'm going to change the coolant. Is there like a poor man flush or anything I should do other than dump and refill? How does the coolant look to begin with? Uh, my, I haven't my, had any my, problem with it. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, my my initial thing is no, there's probably not. I would certainly, again, we like to test and we, we do a, a millivolt test on, on coolant to make sure that electrolysis levels are low. But in, in the meantime, I would, I would certainly drain it out and... Uh, you know, if you want to run a garden hose through it, see if you can break anything up, but it doesn't sound like it is. A Honda Accord's a great engine. Okay. You know, we don't see problems with them. But certainly fresh fluids, hey, not only the coolant, but make sure the transmission and, you know, power steering and the other fluids get service as well. But it's a good idea. Well, I mean, if, if you got brown coolant in there, then the answer's different. 
But if you've got some color of coolant in there, then that would suggest that the coolant could be worn out, but it's certainly not dirty. So okay. what color is the coolant that's in there? It's green. Okay. I don't know that they put green in a... Yeah, yeah, the, yeah Honda has a, a... In a 17? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, you got two choices. You can get the Honda coolant or you can get the universal coolant. And the universal coolant is covering a lot of different cars with the exception of a couple of exotics. And actually, we pour the universal in just about everything because it's too doggone expensive and difficult to carry. Um, I don't know how many different brands of coolant could we run across. Oh, they probably got a couple dozen. Yeah. So it's not possible for us to have but, the blue and the orange and the yellow and the pink and the purple and the black. It's, we just can't do it. But Honda does use an extended life. Yeah. Extended yeah. life green coolant. So okay. that's that's what we would do is if if it's green now then just flush it and put it back and and I would suggest that you use a five gallon can and you use a, a gallon of your coolant and a gallon of water so that you're ensure that you have a fifty fifty mix because seventy thirty or ninety ten is bad so the okay. coolant needs water in which to operate with okay all right I had one other question if I may sure uh, uh, AC compressor seems to be cycling a lot more than it should. I was going to put my gauges on it to try and get an idea of working right and the pressures. Should I speed up the idle when I put the gauges on or check it at, a, at an idle? Well, it's got two switches, a low pressure and a high pressure. So the question yeah. is, is which one of those is doing it? And and how many miles are on it? 110. Yeah. Um, let me ask you a question, Tom. Do you have a suck it Check it, clean it, and put it back in? Yes, we do. Okay, and what's that service cost? It's approximately $90. Okay, and and we're 100 <clears throat> And what I'm suggesting is is what would be better for you other than you stuff Freon in it. You bring it to a shop that has a refrigeration recycle machine. We're going to suck all yours out. We're going to clean it. We're going to weigh it. Let's pretend you take 30 ounces. So you've got 20 in there. So we know the low-pressure switch. What? The pressure on that is, or the, the weight is 0.9. Okay, when well, I'm just using numbers, yeah, they right, can understand because right. okay. they're on 0.9. So it's less than a pound. Okay. It's less than a pound of refrigerant that goes in that Honda. Okay, so the idea is is that we're going to take yours out, and we're going to clean it up and put it right back in. Now, if you need an ounce or two, we'll add that to it. But that And that's the first dipstick we've ever had for refrigerant. We've always just flung, you know, flew by the seat of our pants. So that's what I would do if you're concerned with that. Forget the pressures. Forget all that fancy stuff. Just go in and have it sucked and filled up. To- and then you got a 50-50 chance or better that your problem is going to be solved after okay. 110,000 right. miles. All righty? Thank you. Uh-huh. You bet. 602-508-0960. 602-508. The lines are wide open. 602-508-0960. Autodynamics is Sun City's largest and trusted have trusted a lot, source for complete automotive services. Chuck Nyday opened up uh, Sun City Autodynamics in 1982. I've known Chuck since 1968. So I know that Chuck's been in the car business for a very long time. I've worked next to him and with him and for him. So I know that his staff and those guys know the difference between right and wrong. And actually, Derek, his son, runs Autodynamics. So he's on the north side of Grand, just west of 99th Avenue. Not too far away is a diesel shop, Strictly Diesel. Nate owns Strictly Diesel, and he's over at I-17 and Pinnacle Peak Road. Strictly Diesel means what it says. They service and repair and have parts for foreign and domestic 
light diesel trucks. So they sell parts 24 hours a day on their website as well. I don't know if you if you see if you walk in there you'll know you're talking to Nate because he's I'm exaggerating he's ten foot tall and his hands look like tennis rackets he's just a big guy but the demeanor and the way he presents himself is exactly what you don't want your daughter to bring home he's just a good guy so if you have a diesel and nobody else can fix it then certainly strictly diesel now if you have a Honda he'll also do oil changes on your Honda but the diesel is the real the real strong one Gil we got anybody. Okay, when we talk about car repair, what's your diagnostic uh, fee? Do you, do you, now, it could be a check engine light. It could be a refrigeration. It could be a, wh- a whine, a hum, a vibration. A lot of guys are starting to split that up. Well, yeah, it all depends. It, you know, what, what are you going to be up against? What about the door lock? Well, the door lock on that would probably be in the neighborhood of a hundred to a hundred and a half. I I, I would have know. said the same thing. I would have it, said one hundred twenty-five, give or take twenty-five. Yeah, you're gonna you're gonna have to get into the wiring and hook up some equipment, and hopefully you can du- duplicate it with the heat on that particular car. Yeah. And, okay. And we've had a couple of other ones. We've got it. That one that rent runs out of fuel at higher speeds. That's going to be again depending. Okay. It could be a simple. $75 check and nail the problem right out of the park to begin with. It could be something that's going to drag out. And and, and I tell, So it's an open line of communication is what that's going to be. It, it's, um, I, I tell folks, you, you have to know that every once in a while we hit a home run because it's $75 to find it and a dollar to fix it. But don't hold on to that because right. that's not likely going to happen. There was a guy I, I talked to not too long ago at a dealer operation. What's your labor rate? We're sitting about 122, I think, is where okay. we're at right now. What are people around you? I, we're in this. I, I don't know. I would say we're in the same boat, but I don't know how big that boat is. Okay, is it so they're five up and five down from your 122? Right. I know people that are 100 and a half. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. So 10 up, 10 down from yours. He was saying that he he knew somebody who was charging 108 for the first hour and 164 for each hour. So when you call, they quote you 108. So it's 108 for any diagnostic, but the second hour and each subsequent hour is 164. I don't like the, I don't like to play games like that. Well, he's digging bigger holes is yeah. what's happening, you know. Yeah, and and like you said, it has a lot to do with how well the customer and you can have a conversation. Can we get close to what it is? The one guy with air conditioning with cycled. That's not going to be a $200 diagnosis. No. That's going to be easy. we got the equipment to do it. That's going to be easy. Who we got, Gil? We have Harry. Harry, good morning. Good morning. How are you guys today? I'm good. Good, good. Hey, I've got two questions. Uh, both are kind of oil-related. <clears throat> um, bought a new vehicle. I bought a, uh, a Ford, Mark. I know that makes you happy. I'm sorry, Harry. Uh, <laughs> uh, you must have hit your head that day. <laughs> must have been. Yeah, it's got one of those, uh, uh, well, your son told me that this was the best way to go. Uh, <laughs> it's got one of your, it's got one of the EcoBoost uh, 3.5s, and uh, it has a direct injection, obviously. With the, turbo chargers. Turbo, two, two turbos, and they're That's saying, right. you know, with this direct injection, you have the intake valve coking and all that. A lot of vehicles have that problem. And supposedly in 2015, Ford uh, solved that problem by, I don't know, I guess they added that other, that other turbo on there. Um, what, uh, what's your feeling on those oil catch cans? And also, since it's a new vehicle, 
how many miles uh, before the first oil change. Because there's the dealer saying 7,500, and I think that's because there's a semi-synthetic, and I think that's a little high. Well, I like the 7,500 for a semi-synthetic. Um, I don't think that they're expanding the, the picture. A semi-synthetic is in 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 the vernacular I'm in, and and I testify as an oil expert a lot. We had a case not too long ago where there was a question <coughs> on, did you put the right brand in there? And the fact of the matter is, is we can't tell you what brand of oil it is because there's only four guys that make it. Right. So if you show us the can, we can tell you, but it's not put it in the laboratory and say, oh, this is Chevron or, oh, this is Motocraft or, oh, this is Dexos, the General Motors. You can't do that. You want to talk about the Ford? <laughs> <laughs> well. The direct injection. Right. The you know, and since we're running dry intake manifolds, but the crankcase system still has to, you know, breathe out all the vapors from the engine. It does cause a lot of valve train issues. We're seeing a lot of turbocharger failures. But on, let's get back to the catch can. How are you driving this vehicle? Are you out on the racetrack, running around in circles, smoking the tires, or are you driving it like um, a normal human being? Pretty Harry. much like a normal human being, yeah. Okay, so so when, when Ford or Chevy or Dodge, or, and any manufacturer builds a vehicle, they put hundreds of thousands of miles on these things. If the manufacturer thought that it needed a catch can to protect itself, they would have one. But, again, they're not testing the cars for performance. They're not rusty wallacing it out across you know the country. So it depends on how you drive it. Catch cans, I see, are the hot rodders. It's I, a buzz. I think what we're trying to say to you, Harry, is, is drive it like you stole it. If you're going to drive around with a hot cup of coffee between your legs and it's full and you're never going to spill any coffee, then that's not what I'm thinking about. So I, I for the rest of everybody else, direct injection. We used to have the valve open, the intake valve open, and we were introducing air and gasoline at the same time. Any oil that was there, because we have to lubricate that valve stem, any oil that was there would be washed by the gasoline, to some extent, into the engine. They've taken all of that away, and now we're injecting the, the fuel right into the cylinder. The problem with that is... Right next to the spark plug. Right next to the spark plug. And the problem with that system is we don't have the gas washing the back of the intake valve anymore. So we have this coking, and pretty soon the black sponge... Uh, carbon is so big that it inhibits that valve from get, that cylinder from getting the air. So we're only sending air through that valve, and we don't do gasoline, gasoline anymore. This direct injection is one of the biggest boondoggles doggles we've had. And right now, the only thing to do is either go chisel it out or use um, a, a variety of chemicals to clean it up. Right, walnut shells, whatever. Yeah. So it's one of those things. I'm going to tell you that most of the people that I see that don't really suffer from the the carbon and the and the the direct injection mal is, are the people that drive it bad hard and bad right and that's where the catch can comes in because the catch can helps remove some of those pollutants that we have that the PCV system is sucking off at the top of the motor yeah harry um did you hit your head in the last couple of months well i just hey i've always been gm but boy they treated me badly on my diesel so <laughs> i didn't <laughs> I, I understand that. I, Harry's a good friend of of uh, Kurt's, and okay. when I was there doing a, a remote one time, he was there. 